You're listening to WKXL in the morning. I'm your host, AJ Kirstead. It's time for a regular segment with the New Hampshire Bulletin. This week, senior reporter Anne-Marie Timmons is on the show. Welcome back. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So, uh, I... So you know, I was just speaking with New Hampshire Business Review's editor, Jeff Feingold, and apparently he stole one of your articles. Did you know that? Um, I am familiar with this crime, yes. <laughs> he, uh, he, <laughs> I, was, I brought up the uh, Youth, de- Youth uh, Development Center, the YDC uh, article that, that uh, had Jeff Feingold on it, and he's like, oh, I didn't write that. <laughs> so um, it's definitely... That. I, yes, I did notice that um, our content is free to repub- to republish. So um, I guess however it gets out there. <laughs> and he thought, I mean, if it had, you know, if I had to have it rewritten by someone, that's not a bad. It could be worse. It could be worse than Jeff. And uh, he said, "Oh no, I got to fix that." So if you want to hear hear him realize that, listen uh, Monday morning at six a.m. or check out the podcast version of WKXL in the morning. So, so that that was a fun way to kick off that episode. Oh yes. All right, so uh, let's start off with an exclusive. I'm almost like a, a news show or something. Uh, you, you have a uh, an article that's going to be coming out on Monday about a program the Department of Education is working on. Yes, they um, secured $500,000 in pandemic relief money uh, to partner with the 10 mental health centers around the state. These are the community mental health centers to provide clinicians or training uh, to summer programs or or camps in their regions. So in some cases they've been working with programs, say for example, the Boys and Girls Club, um, but because it was under you know, traditional funding, they only were allowed to work with certain kids you know, who qualified. This will allow them to put more people out there, but also um, work with any kids. So this may be training the existing camp counselors, like what signs to look for? This is a way to handle some situations to on-site help to social emotional groups. And the reason is because everything we've seen in schools um, these past 20 some odd months in terms of dysregulation, increased suicidality, irritability is showing up in camps too. And it's just a way to extend that reach to kids beyond school. And camp counselors also feel like they're maybe a perfect place to do this because there's no screens, there's help navigating new friendships, there's team building, there's challenge courses that make you feel better about yourself. Um, So it's going to be an interesting um, project. The money did come in last year, but the federal government didn't get it to New Hampshire until way too late. Um, So it's really rolling out this year. And I talked to Commissioner Edelblut about his interest in this, and he said, you know, we started the rekindling curiosity program, which is to get every kid in a camp this summer so eligible families can get up to $650 for scholarship for tuition. Um, And he thought this seemed like another perfect example just to, you know, meet kids where they are in this supportive environment. And, you know, you put one clinician out there every day, that's hundreds of kids they could be helping in big and small ways. So that'll come on Monday. It, it just outside of even just the COVID catch up that everyone's having to do, I, it, 
supporting programs like this from the state is going to long term probably help the the education of students that are missing the the three months that is the summer months because as someone who, who works in higher ed and my mom who has worked at a primary school for decades uh, it, it's always a reset as soon as uh, August, late August beginning of September hits where you got to get back into the mindset we got to get all these, especially the young kids with the K through eights, where they got to get back in the mindset of work instead of whatever's going on, let alone the fact that many of these kids are going to be stuck in daycare centers uh, through all these months, and which God knows what that facility might have for opportunities to get out and enjoy what is summer when it's actually warm in the state. It, it's so true. I mean, I took a brief hiatus from news reporting to become a school counselor. Um, and one of the very first things that we learned is the academics are not going to penetrate if the student is so emotionally dysregulated or upset that they can't get a hold of that first. And I think we've seen that really uh, increase in both in terms of kids having incidents in mental health struggles who never had before, or those who were existing mental health patients um, just coming in, you know, far in far worse shape, increase in hospitalization. So they're really going to have to get that piece sorted out for the academic piece to, to kick in. And some counselors said, you know, the goal is to get back to normalcy, help them make sense of these last, you know, two years um, and how to just navigate. I mean, they don't know how to navigate a little dust up on the playground that maybe was nothing, you know, three years ago. Like they just need help really relearning how to navigate relationships um, and to tools to calm yourself down when you do get frustrated. And so I think it, it's a really interesting um, program. I talked with the American Camping Association of New England, and there's some other states doing some things like this um, or trying to make camp more accessible. But she's the woman, the director there said New Hampshire is really unique in this very specific outreach and the broad variety of things that you can sign up for. You know, some is training just to help staffs recognize those very basic um, mental health things and tools, not to turn them into counselors, um, to being on site, to being on call. Um, and one thing I did want to mention, because this will be a question, um, parents will be notified ahead of time and their child will not be forced to participate if the parent does not want them to. So um, some pro, some mental health centers didn't want to tell me yet who the camps are because that parental notification hasn't happened. So they're taking that piece really seriously as well. Fascinating. So NewHampshireBulletin.com, Monday, be sure to check out that article and follow Anne-Marie on uh, the Twitters, of course. Uh, move over yep. to an article you wrote about uh, patients dealing or uh, people suffering from what is known as long COVID having a lot of difficulties. Yes, that was my long, long COVID story. <laughs> um, I was able to put some time into really talking with people about what they're going through. And I thought I had an understanding of long COVID. You know, I think of it as exhaustion and body aches. It's so much broader than that. And the other piece I really hadn't appreciated is that their struggle is not just their health concerns. It's fighting with insurance companies. It's getting their doctor to believe them, to getting their friends to not give them grief when they have to call at the last minute and say, I'm not just up to it. 
So the the people I spoke with had um, become infected with COVID before vaccination was available and pretty quickly their symptoms uh, showed up, but they were misunderstood because we were so early in the pandemic. So uh, one woman who two years later is still struggling with pretty severe gastrointestinal issues, they thought it was food poisoning for the longest time. And then they thought it maybe was IBS or these other illnesses that we, we know about because the symptoms are so vague and broad, they can be a lot of things. Um, another woman just had um, massive headaches and breathing problems that kept her in her bedroom isolated for 21 days um, just because she couldn't have any stimulation coming in and, and still maybe was positive with COVID, you know, testing wasn't readily available. Then um, this one woman described going into the emergency room, unable to breathe and people treated her like she, you know, was a hazardous waste dump. They like, don't come any closer. And she understands why, but it really left her feeling uncared for and then nervous about, is this really bad? Like, am I going to recover from this? So there's just been lots of um, difficulty and trauma that people are going through as they go through this. And there is no cure. I mean, the, the only protection against long COVID is not to get COVID. Um, and I don't know about you, but I know more people now with COVID than I have ever in this pandemic. And these people are vaccinated and boosted. Um, so it's really, it's scary. And the CDC came out, I think it was last week and said, one in five adults could develop long COVID. Um, and that will look different from for everyone. And as you become vaccinated and boosted, they think that the symptoms will be less severe for you. But, but we don't. We don't know. And um, one of the women I spoke with was having real trouble focusing, which I, um, I'm sure lots of people have heard that symptom um, come up for long COVID and her doctor suggested Adderall to help focus, but she doesn't have an ADHD diagnosis. And so the insurance company said, you don't have a qualifying medical event. So we're not going to cover that. And eventually they worked it out, um, but it was a struggle. And just think about if you're like sidelined with illness, how much energy do you have to battle the insurance company, which is exhausting on a good day. Um, so, and it's, you know, the insurance companies are in a position too, where they've never been like, they don't, these experimental therapies are the only option, but insurance companies don't like those. Um, it's so a liability for them, and when it comes to the payers, it's it's it, they're they're an easy bad guy <laughs> because of the way our current medical system is set up. Some of it's because of regulations at the state and federal levels. Some of it's the fact they oh, they're literally responsible for paying for health care for a majority of the country ultimately. Uh, so they, if they're just randomly paying for health, uh, for treatments for things that they don't really know whether it's safe or effective, it's a tremendous liability that could tank everyone's health care ultimately. Because the the uh, anth right. if Anthem goes under, I mean, can you imagine the fallout? Right, I know exactly, and they like to see trials. They like to see a record of um, benefits from this and it makes sense. So it just puts us in a really new difficult position at no fault of any one person. And so how are we going to get through this? Um, some people said, you know, it's like when Lyme first came on the scene, no one oh, yeah, believed definitely. that 
had Lyme or that it, if you have it, it can't cause, you know, mental health issues or it can't cause body pain. There was just no understanding of it. And insurance companies are in a similar position then. So there's some thought, like, do we need a commission on this to look at um, what's next and what supports do we need? I mean, if kids get this, how do they make it through a school day? Do we see more IEPs needed or more 504 plans to help kids navigate the day? So there's just so many questions. It's concerning. Um, I just think that other piece of fighting the insurance companies and this disbelief of people is just as another challenge of it that I hadn't really thought of. Um, mm. And so there's, you know, one in five. I, I sometimes a lot I feel of like people. it's Sometimes I feel like it's a matter of time. I don't know how I haven't gotten COVID so far in, in many ways. And then, of course, you're open to, to long COVID. Yeah, it, it what long COVID's really hard. Is it, the Lyme example is perfect. Like, like it, it encapsulates it to, to a T because you it's 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 impossible to figure out if someone has long COVID or maybe there's some long term issue that happened because they had COVID, but they don't necessarily if it was due to COVID or this other issue is a separate thing and you got to code it in some way. So the patient is stuck being av- in an adversarial relationship with either the healthcare provider, they ended up in the emergency room, how exactly that gets handled. You end up with your health insurance or your payer or whatever that may be. It's it's hard and this is something that we're it's going to it's going to be years ultimately before they have a real answer as to what long covid is because research takes so long and there's obviously no just like this is it like here here here's you're gonna get the gold star because you found out what it is like no there's no op nothing out there that shows to be causing it right it's we're studying it as we go here we're learning about it now you know dartmouth has the only you know post-COVID acute syndrome, long COVID clinic in the state. Um, And there, every time I talk with them, not only have they seen more people, but they're seeing new things. You know, they, I think they had 700-ish referrals in their first year and have seen 400 people have appointments scheduled. Um, And it is every time they're like, well, now we know this symptom or that symptom. And it's really being creative with managing the symptoms. So for some, that's going to physical therapy or respiratory therapy, you know, starting out laying on your back, doing bicycle pedals in the air. I mean, some people have to start there. Um, It's going to a naturopath. It's trying um, things you've read on the internet and then ordered and you're giving it a try. People are um, going to online support groups to try to find tips about what worked for another person. I mean, the word that comes to mind is desperation is what it feels like right now. And um, meanwhile, look out, you feel like the world has moved on past COVID. Um, There's no masking anymore for the most part. And, and that really just, it, it just shocks the people who are living with long COVID because they, they, they say, you know, this is what it's like. There's a lot at stake here. Um, maybe you're not reading about people going to the hospital in the way you did, but this is the new fear. This is the new big, big deal. If you get COVID, you may not land in the hospital, but no matter how sick you are with COVID, you could get really terrible case of long COVID. Uh, so, right, it's going to be years before we really appreciate um, what this is going to mean for us. Yeah, and, and it's, I'd imagine from a uh, funding of research perspective, it's 
it's going to be a fight between the the more sexy we're going to we're going to completely get rid of covid from the population or we're going to have the next big vaccine because the, the from a financial perspective for prescri- for the drug companies and such that's where the money is because the governments are willing to pay for it because there's an obvious pay obvious reason why the governments want it so it looks sexy for the senators and such that are voting for it long covid is um there's no like you said there's no consistent answers or anything with what the symptoms are what it looks like what state what variant of the of the disease had it i believe some people with omicron even ended up with it yeah yep, that's true and it's just like i'm confused at this point what i'm supposed to be doing just to keep myself safe from covid the cdc has still not gotten good at communicating what we should do what we shouldn't do do i get my second booster I write about this every week. I have no idea. Exactly. It depends on who I ask, which is scary. So I think you're right. There's going to be a lot of um, people wanting to be the hero that solves long COVID. And I think the distrust from the public is going to increase um, as we get more and more conflicting information. So about three minutes left, so I want to quickly touch on this. There's some uh, updates with regards to the abortion situation in the state when it comes to fetal fetal anomalies. Yes, the governor, as promised, did um, sign the bill that will allow um, doctors to perform abortions after 24 weeks if the, the baby is not likely to survive on their own. And last week before he did a doctor who did that could be put in prison for up to seven years and fined up to hundred thousand dollars. So that went away with his signature on this bill. It took effect immediately. He also vetoed um, a law that allows abortion clinics to keep the public back up to 25 feet if they start to feel there's a dangerous situation for patients coming in. Now, no center has ever used that. Um, They want to hold on to the option because they feel like protesters are becoming more hostile and more aggressive, sort of like we've seen every in every other aspect of this world. Um, And so they wanted to hold on to it. So the governor, as he had said, did veto the repeal of that. on a Friday before Memorial Day weekend at like 4.30 p.m. Sign it, run the hell out the door. I don't want to deal with the fallout from this. <laughs> yes, I left work at 2.30 and then was like, oh, okay, maybe I'm not done yet. Um, so, and I think we'll see another round of bill signings tomorrow, perhaps. Um, but that was the big abortion news. Uh, tomorrow we're going to see, or Friday when this runs, you'll see um, Planned Parenthood making note that it's the 25th anniversary of then Governor Jean Shaheen repealing what was our last um, abortion restriction, which was, you know, didn't allow prevented pr- providers from performing abortion. So as of Friday, that's 25 years ago, she uh, repealed that. And really, we hadn't seen really much legislation around abortion that got through until now. So you'll probably hear something about that today. The ongoing saga on that subject. So we'll uh, definitely be following NewHampshireBulletin.com to get the latest on it. Thank you for joining me, senior reporter Anne-Marie Timmons. Oh, great to be here. Thank you.
It's WKXL in the morning. I'm your host, AJ Kirsta. Be sure to check out the podcast version of the show at nhtalkradio.com, where I also post links to the uh, articles we discuss here, as well as the audio and video versions of the show. We'll be right back after this.